Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey everybody, welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of all elite wrestling. It is 7 a.m. over here on the West Coast. Totally breaking kayfabe right out of the gate. But you know what? (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Screw it. This is unrestricted. It's unrestricted. It's unrestricted. We give you a behind the scenes look. We talk about the real stuff happening in AEW Unrestricted, which is really Mm -hmm. just, you know, we're we're just all happy go lucky and we dance on screen. Pretty much. We smile and whatnot. (laughs) Hit people with hammers. Just saying. We do do hit people with hammers. (laughs) We talk about acybols and funny, funny (laughs) socks. Anyway. Speaking of smiling, we have the wonderfully positive and nihilistic Willow Nightingale here with us today. <laughs> Hello! Yay! Thank hey, you Willow! Thank for being awake so early to chat with me. Whatever. It's the reality <laughs> of working for an East Coast-based company. I'm just kind of yeah. one of those like, yeah, okay, it's fine. So it's always, <laughs> it's always fun when people join and then I'm like, okay, what time zone are they in? Okay, cool. And then you were saying beforehand, we got on, you're like, oh, I was at the gym. I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine <laughs> like being at the gym yeah, right now. Yeah, I probably had to wake up at like what is essentially 3 or 4 a.m. your time, I guess. Yeah, which <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are people at the gym at that time, but mm-hmm. not me. But not no, me. Nope. Sure. Me neither. Nope. nope, no way. None of us. Yeah, most of the time we still need sleep. Asleep, uh, still awake from the night before. <laughs> right? Oh, no, yeah. all right. Yeah, it's kind of one of those like we're back at the hotel from Dynamite at like one o'clock in the mm-hmm. in the evening, and I'm like, oh, it's this time is, to like, eat. My bedtime. It's dinner time. This is great. <laughs> That's what we do. I know it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, screw screw sleep schedules. Like I want to talk about Willow because she's freaking great. Let's do it. Yes, Thank you. she's. You've got this infectious smile and this amazing energy, and I know that like before you were signed, every time you were there, I'm like, yes, Willow's here. This is awesome. Like, Thank just you. You you are one of those those people. And it's like you you could say this about a lot of people, but like for you, it's like legitimately like a thing. Like every time you're around, like your energy just fills the room and is so infectious and everybody else just like loves your presence. And then probably one of my favorite things is last time I worked with you, I was standing in the ring and they changed your Tron and it said like uh, nothing matters. Smile anyway. And I'm like, oh, this is this is freaking great. Yeah. I um I didn't even know they had changed it until I saw somebody like posted a picture on Twitter. And it's just like me like dancing and like skipping down the ramp with nothing matters in the back. I'm like, oh, that contrast. So beautiful. That is what I, I am going for. Did you come up with that? How did that come to so, be? So nothing matters. Smile anyway. Actually was something I had like years ago for merch when I was like on the indies. I was coming up with like a shirt idea. And I think the one I came up with was like, nothing matters, keep smiling. But my, I was workshopping it with my friend, Bradford, the barber. He, uh, he like goes to indie shows, limitless, most usually, and like gives haircuts to the guys in the back. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. He's been around. Yeah. 
he's cool. So I kind of like ran it past him and he was like, you know, I love the idea of it, but I think nothing matters. Smile anyway, just has like a better ring to it. It's got a better rhythm. And I was like, you're right. So that's what ended up on the shirt. And um, when the time came around for me to get a shirt here with AEW, they were like, what are some of your ideas? I threw them like probably like four different like solid ideas and they just put them all together into that one awesome design. And I was like, you nailed it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's my Titantron as well. <laughs> That's so cool. Thank you. Can we talk about your debut in yes. AEW? Sure. Was it against Thunder Rosa? It was. Yeah. Oh, tell us about that experience. So obviously it was like very nerve wracking for me. Uh, I'm coming in doing like enhancement talent work. I don't know a lot of the people there. But on the other hand, I there are like a fair amount of people that I know from doing independent shows. So there's like this mixed kind of like, is it casual? Is it formal? Where do I draw the line of like, feeling comfortable and not trying to seem overly like friendly and comfortable with people. So having my first match with someone like Thunder Rosa, who I'd known for years at this point and already wrestled, I was like, okay, I can wipe the sweat off my forehead. This is a little bit easier than say somebody who is maybe AW homegrown and I've never met before. I've never worked with them. I don't know them. They don't know me. So that was like an easier first step. And luckily I think it, it went well. Yeah. <laughs> arguably. Arguably. Yeah, I would say yeah, so. Arguably. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win, so there's that, but <laughs> yeah, it's wins and losses don't actually matter. <laughs> what? 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 Oh, oh my, my god. Goodness. Oh my god. This goodness. is unrestricted, folks. This is unrestricted. <laughs> I mean, like, as long as everybody has a good time, like that's really the thing that's most important in wrestling, right? Yeah. Like, did you have fun? But he got exactly. hurt. All right. Boom. If you nail those two things, you're good. Yeah. And you didn't win the match, but you won everybody over, which is the most important part, right? I guess so. Like, there were a lot of times when, especially when we were in Jacksonville and I was coming in for enhancement work all the time, that I was like, oh, man, I feel like I'm sitting front row of watching everybody else live my dream. And it felt like it wasn't clicking or like I wasn't really making any headway in getting closer to where I am now. So it was, it was really rough for a while where I was just kind of down on myself, but you know, obviously I pushed through and we're here now. So (laughs) there's a lesson there to be learned folks. I like, uh, you're like, Oh, it was really down on myself. I'm like, you're a liar. Like there's no way. (laughs) You (laughs) might have read you, but I was, yeah. You know, what's funny. Even at, when we had the Jacksonville tapings in Daly's place, I remember you specifically. I didn't know who you were, but you were so energetic in the front row that I, you stuck out. And I mean, we've had so many talent throughout the course of the 14 months that we were there. So, I mean, that should say a lot, even as, you know, a fan, you were infectious, your energy, you had something special that really stood out that I think a lot of us you know, really kind of resonated with. And I think that's a credit to who you are. And I think that's part of the reason why you currently are where you are. And, you know, kudos to you for bringing your, you know, enthusiasm and passion and, and making it work. And, you know, congrats on your success. Thanks. That's what I aim to do. Yay. <laughs> uh, so you have awesome enhancement matches. And then I know when they announced the uh, Owen Hart tournament bracket, and there's you next to Red Velvet, we're like, yes, yes. Okay, she's back. <laughs> this is great. This is great. And then in my mind, I'm seeing that going, 
oh, Velvet's going to sell that pounce like real great. This is going <laughs> to be did. awesome. She did. <laughs> and she she did. did awesome. So it's like, even, even though you lost, talk about your first TV appearance with AEW and just kind of uh, what that experience was like. I guess I can talk about this now. But that day, it was in Boston. I remember like feeling super excited because I wrestle in that area a lot for Beyond Wrestling. So even though it's not technically like my hometown, it feels like a hometown crowd. And uh, this was right after we did Super Card of Honor. So I had just wrestled Mercedes like the weekend before. So at this point, I'm like, all right, I just had this match. They brought me in to wrestle Mercedes for the interim Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Um, this is like a good town for me to wrestle in. I know I'm going to get a good reaction, which I did. So that was dope. But they also offered me like my entry level kind of contract here. So this was like a per appearance kind of deal. It wasn't really like the full time. I'm a part of the crew thing. So I was like, oh, wow, this is this is the thing I've been waiting for. This is the thing that's like, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. This is I'm a part of the team. So that and I'm on TV the same time, like all of this is happening the same day. It's like a whirlwind of like, I can't believe that this is real life. Like, and I just I didn't have a, a moment to process it until I got back to the hotel that night. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. That's what you want me to do. Yep, we're going to have a great match. But none of it I was even able to appreciate until like, I, I remember I like threw all my stuff down. I fell into my bed and I was like, wow, I did it. Like, this is, this is what we worked for. And now we're here. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that match was because you were sort of like the hometown girl and people were rooting for you. And there's all this stuff like at one point we're just like, okay, we may need to call an audible here. And even though like Velvet's <laughs> supposed to win, it's like she's going to get booed. So like, let's just freaking go into it. So I think I remember like getting a cue like, hey, Velvet, kind of heal it up a little bit. And just like <laughs> immediately it was like, OK, no, like Willow's going to be like super, super over after this match. And like testament to Velvet, right? Like she can just like as mm-hmm. soon as you tell her like, hey, do this instead. She's immediately on board and just going with it yeah she's so good and i'm so glad she's back yeah, she is. but for me it was just a funny match where it was like okay oh boy oh boy we're gonna we're gonna have to fix this real quick and then velvet's like can you guys stop booking me against like the super like hometown baby face because the same thing happened with sky blue in chicago yeah right. i feel bad when we got to the back because i was like i'm sorry they booed you uh <laughs> she's like don't even worry about it like we've been talking about it he'll you know turn and i was like oh okay Good. Well, <laughs> you helped her along the way. Good for you. Look yeah. at you helping people. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the progression of that particular day, because it was a very special match between you and Layla Gray, which just happened to be refed by Ref Aubrey. Look this at that. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that moment when you saw that on the screen, when Tony Schiavone came in. How exciting was that? I honestly was not expecting for it to be as emotional as it was but i think i think there was like this moment i had where i looked around and like the fact that like everyone was so excited in the building and it was the same jacksonville building where i was sitting front row during the pandemic and like having Full those circle. feelings where I was like this is never gonna happen and i was like well shit here we are it, it like and all these people here are excited for me like it's not just my own selfish like Hell yeah, I did what I set out to do. But like all of these people are also super stoked to see it happen. Um, so it just kind of like hit me in a way I really wasn't expecting when I was in the ring. 
And I remember like I went on online after and of course people on Twitter are like, I mean, if she's all elite, obviously she signed the contract. Why is she acting so surprised? Like she knows I <laughs> screw Twitter. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. But like I wasn't like the way that the emotions hit me was I just really wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it's the beauty of wrestling, right? Like it's the yeah. if it makes you feel an emotion and nobody yeah. got hurt. It's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also want to talk about near the end of November, Dynamite in Chicago. There was this amazing three-way tag that you had, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Tay and Anna Jay, and then you and Sky Blue. And it was a freaking banger. Like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. And I think like having you and then everyone else that's come in like the women's division has just totally grown and just become this amazing wonderful thing and that was just so so awesome to watch like i i love seeing women's matches on tv i love seeing women's matches that are just like oh man that was freaking killer because every time we do that it's just it it increases how great we are as as a division yes so how was that match for you? Because I know that day was a little stressful. Everybody's trying to figure everything out. It was definitely a stressful day. Um, and anytime we're somewhere where the time zone's different, like we lose a little bit of time because Dynamite is still going to start 8 p.m. Eastern time, no matter where we are. So we were all trying to get makeup, trying to get everything together. Like I think Sky had a meet and greet. So she was like running in and out. <sighs> but ultimately, yes, you're right. The ultimate goal at the end of the day, when I walk into uh, work is one, I want to be very consistent. I want to consistently have good matches. I don't want to like randomly have a good match and randomly have a bad match and randomly have like a uh, match. I want to like be de a dependable worker. And obviously I want things to be exciting and there would be surprises and mix things up from time to time. But I consistently want to hit like a standard that I set for myself. And through doing that, I want to be a representative for the whole division along with everybody else. Like I want all of us to be like, that's a good person. That's a good wrestler. This is a great promo. This is like, we have so much talent across all fields. And I feel like everyone's generally pretty well-rounded like on our roster. Um, so to have a match like that, where you're bringing six different personalities into it, six different wrestling styles and kind of mixing it up and seeing what happens and being able to have something that's so like kind of like fast paced, and a lot of fun and hard hitting at the same time is really what else can you want out of a match for the whole division? It was absolutely great. Yeah, you guys definitely uh, definitely nailed it. You brought it and uh, it was an exciting match for sure. So uh, I'm sure we're going to be seeing plenty more of those types of matches, which we're obviously all really excited about. So, uh, Ari, I believe we have to take a break here. We do have to take a break. Oh, I didn't. I want to I want to keep talking to Willow Nightingale. I know. <laughs> Great, because we're going to keep talking to Willow Nightingale here on AEW Unrestricted. Hey, we're back. It's Unrestricted with Aubrey, Alex, and our very special, super infectious energy guest, Willow Nightingale. And with such a cool entrance and such a cool vibe that you always bring, how did you come up with a super cool name? I don't know what you're talking about. Willow Nightingale is my real name. Oh, <laughs> kudos yeah, to your parents. Andrews How did they come totally up with that? Right? <laughs> when I when I started wrestling, I think there was like a bunch of names that appealed to me, and I was like, "All right, cool. I like this. I like this. I like this." But ultimately, I came down to a list of like first names I like and last names I like, and a lot of them were nature names. So Willow is a tree. Nightingale is a bird. A river was like another one I really liked a lot. 
So I have a little sister. She is like, she's come to AW shows and she likes that, but she doesn't really have any interest in wrestling outside of it. But I always joke if she were to become a wrestler, she'd be River Nightingale. Ooh, that's and good. Keep along with that like nature theme. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's, me too. That's really great. I love that you have like the if if this ever happens, here's what your gimmick would be. Oh yeah, I, really I like already it. have like a whole family plan. Like you guys are all <laughs> weird. Like you're Leaf. You're I mean Sky. Sky can work. If Sky, Sky, Sky Blue would be my sister, Sky Nightingale. Hey, there hey, you go. What if we, we want to play an angle. She gets adopted. We change last names. It's awesome. Why not? It writes it itself. <laughs> it writes <laughs> itself. I love it. Uh, let's talk about your background a little bit. So you started watching wrestling when you were younger. Who or, or what got you interested in wrestling? So I used to play the video games with my cousins. And through that, I was like, why am I not watching it? So around like 2005-ish, I want to say, 2004, 2005-ish, I started watching wrestling and I remember the very first match I watched had the hurricane in it, <laughs> which is like, I don't remember who he wrestled, but I was like, Oh, this is silly. There are superheroes in wrestling. And like that clinch man. And, uh, then, you know, I fell in love with the divas. We had like Trish Stratus and Lita were big inspirations for me. Victoria as well. She's great. And when Mickey James came around, that was like, there was, I was over it. I was like, and by over it, I mean over the moon about it, not like done yeah, it. Sure. So that's really what made me fall in love with wrestling. But I always knew that like they were super capable wrestlers. And I hated how what I saw on TV was a lot like focused on the way they looked, maybe more so than their ability. So I knew when I wanted to be a wrestler, maybe one day. I would kind of be like, hmm, let's let's find a happy medium of this. Like, right? Like we can look cool and hot or whatever, but let's like let's have really awesome matches. But that was that was a big inspiration for me when I started watching. And how did you get into training? Where did you find your school? How did you uh, kind of fall into it? So I was around I was twenty when I finally started training. I had gone away to school for a year at Northeastern up in Boston. Again, another reason it's like my hometown away from home. But like I, I couldn't afford going to school anymore. So I had to drop out after a year. And I'm pretty academic. I'm pretty nerdy. So that was really devastating for me at the time. And I went through a really bad breakup at that time. And I just like didn't really have any direction in life. And I was like, you know what? I've always been a wrestling fan. I always wanted to be a wrestler. It seemed far-fetched when I was 18. But like, what else was I going to do? I went for it. And... uh there was never really that sense of me being like, I'm going to try this out. It was just like, oh, I'm a wrestler now. And I found my school, NYWC, through um, looking at pe wrestlers who were from Long Island and who had been successful. So there was like Backrider, now Matt Cardona. Trent was from my school. Tony Nice. Tony Nice was actually one of my trainers for a minute. Wow. So I looked at all these people and I was like, where did they train? And that's how I found NYWC. And... Uh, just kept showing up until eventually I was a pro wrestler. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. I love <laughs> that's kind of what you're supposed to do, right? Like the people that are successful from school go out and actually advertise sort of what the school is. And it's yeah. like, oh, look, I like that it works that way. This is awesome. 
So you had an amazing career in Shimmer and a number of amazing matches. And Shimmer, I've always kind of seen as like the the top women on the indies were always at Shimmer. Like that is sort of where the breaking ground was of these are the people you need to pay attention to. So talk about what it was like working for that promotion and working with all of these women. And I know that you care about women's wrestling so much. So it just kind of seems like a natural fit. When I first started training, like working for a television company didn't really feel realistic, like a realistic goal for me. So Shimmer was it for me. Like that is, that was my end all be all. That's where I wanted to be. Sarah Del Rey is a huge inspiration to me. And Mercedes, Lufisto, these are women that I looked up to. And I basically just wanted to follow whatever path they took to get where they are, were, whatever. And obviously Shimmer was that. So I think it was maybe about three years in or so when I had my first match there against Mercedes Martinez, actually. Hey. Wow, look at that. Yeah. So that was that was one of those other things where I was like, okay, I'll go to seminars, like whatever I have to do to get noticed here or for them to know who I am, I'm going to do it. So I had done, they were doing these seminars at the time called Rise. And they would do like a seminar during the day and then they would do a show at that night and they would pull like people from the seminar to be in the show. The first ride seminar I did, nothing really came from it. Um, I mean, I got great advice from Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, so the seminar itself, like I learned from, but in terms of uh, transferring over to working for Shimmer, nothing yet. I stayed the whole weekend. I had my notebook. I listened in the back because they had um, Alice in Danger and we have Lexi. And, yeah. So great minds to like listen to because they're watching the matches and they're talking amongst themselves while the matches are going on. So I'm like, mm-hmm, noted. Okay, I'm going to work on my balance, blah, 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 blah. And then when the girls come back and they hear their feedback, I was like, all right, I'm going to pay attention to that. So I wrote all that stuff down. Pay attention. Yes. The people you want to work for, what do they want out of a performer? That is what I was trying to take away from that weekend. The second Rise weekend I did was out in LA and it was a Bull Nakano seminar. Mm. Wow. So I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> freaked out. Did things in the seminar I didn't know I was capable of doing, like springboardy type of stuff. But you know, when you have like pressing eyes on you like that, the pressure's on, you got to rise to the occasion. And they did put me on the Rise show for that. And then the next time I did a Rise seminar, they put me on the Shimmer shows and I wrestled that whole weekend and they brought me back pretty much every time they did a taping after that. And um, yeah, that was really like profoundly rewarding for me. And like, I remember after that first weekend, I was like, all right, that's it. I guess like if this is, I, I thought I was going to die on the plane ride home because the turbulence was so bad. And I was oh, like getting no. really scared. I wasn't really as well traveled as I am now. So I, I didn't fly a lot. So I was like, this is it. This is the end. And I was like, you know what? I had my shimmer debut. So <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was, was a, a good, good way line. to go out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about from shimmer to WOW women of wrestling. You played this character called Eye Candy. Did you come up with this? Or how is this different than Willow Nightingale currently? Tell us a little bit more about that. So working for WOW was my first time having TV exposure. It was very exciting at the time to work on something that also had like a storied past. Because 
uh, Wow kind of came from Glow. David McLean was the mind behind that. And he also started Wow as kind of like, I guess, a reboot or like a modern version of that in the 90s and then rebooted that again in like the 2010s or so. And I got scouted for that out in California. And I was wrestling this wrestler, Zoe. Now I'm like, we have on NXT, there's Zoe Stark. Zoe Sky. Uh, I was like, let me not mix up the names. Or she was also known as like Angel Dust. And <laughs> she is a very small, small wrestler. So they saw me wrestling her and they thought I was a giant. They thought I was like six foot. <laughs> they called me up. They were like, we want you on our show. I show up to the training facility. They're like, oh, you're like five, six. We thought you were like Godzilla. (laughs) Hopefully you still want me for your show. They were like, no, you got charisma, kid. We're keeping you. And I was like, good. Oh, thank God. (laughs) But I was worried for a second. I was like, oh my God, I messed up. (laughs) And um, there were like a lot of women who had helped give me Uh, advice on working different cameras, not crumbling under the pressure that you put upon yourself, right? Like, I was like, oh, God, this is gonna be on TV. I'm so nervous. I'm gonna mess up. Like, uh, Jessica Havoc was, I shared a room with her. Oh, awesome. So she would give me advice at the hotel and at the building. So it was was just really nice to work in a locker room full of women who really uh, were diverse. Like, you saw all different body types, different races, different wrestling backgrounds. Um, So to have that kind of diversity spotlighted was really awesome. And it was really great. Eye candy was not my brainchild, but it is very close to me. Like it's a character that has a lot of spirit and soul, but eye candy, I liked to focus on the candy part of it and make it like sweet. Like I'm sweet Mm -hmm. like candy, but I think it was supposed to be like a spin on uh, when you hear eye candy, I think there's like a very conventionally attractive image that comes to mind but this is also like a new world and a new age that we live in and eye candy in that sense can really be so many different body types and so many figures and i was like hey i'm hot still so (laughs) take that (laughs) (laughs) there you go damn damn right damn right so from (laughs) women of wrestling ring of honor talk about being a part of ring of honor and uh what what that all meant to you So Ring of Honor is very similar to Shimmer in the sense where I'm looking at my idols, I'm looking at all they did, right? So this was a also very natural progression in me being like, well, this is these are the stops that they hit. This is where I got to be. This is where Awesome Kong was. This Sarah Del Rey was here. Daisy Hayes, and I'm very happy that I started wrestling there at the time that I did. Here's going to be another story of me going to a seminar trying to wrestle for this company and it not working out there was like a stardom women of honor seminar that i did maybe in like 2017 or 2018 all day we did some drills we did some like practice matches and ultimately gabby ortiz who's based out of philadelphia they chose her to go to stardom and she became a part of the women of honor roster at that time And it just kind of felt like, all right, well, I'll keep trying. But again, a little defeating. And I had stayed in contact with Delirious, who was in charge of Ring of Honor at that time. And he seemed to have had a good impression of me from it all. 
even though nothing really like materialized at that moment. So when everything in the pandemic was kind of closed down and I knew Ring of Honor was doing their like bubble thing where they were like, everyone was quarantined in a hotel for a week. And then they did the tapings with no audience. I was like, you know what? It seems like they're bringing in more women. There seems like there's a different direction they're going in. Let me reach out to Delirious like, again. And he was like, yeah, that would be perfect. And uh, they bring me in. Um, I meet and correspond with Maria Canellas Bennett. I love her. Who, again, was somebody I watched growing up. And um, the character she had on screen does not do any justice to just how intelligent that woman is. She's so smart. She is so smart and so incredibly kind and caring and cares about this business and cares about the women in this business. And um, that is why I say I'm happy I was a part of Ring of Honor when I was because I got to work with her and Bobby Cruz and they put so much of their heart into making the women's division as good as they could there. So, no pun intended, it was an honor to, ah. to work there. Yeah. So, what were, what was your thought or where were you actually when you heard that TK purchased Ring of Honor? What was going through your mind at that point? So, honestly, I was sitting at uh, the table with my boyfriend. We were watching at home. We were eating dinner. And he, was, he kept asking me because he thought I was in the know or somehow I knew <laughs> what was happening. I was like, I, I promise you, I don't know. I was like, I'm just sitting here. If you're reading the dirt sheets or whatever, and you're trying to get your information, that's that's as much as I know. And that's all hearsay. So then I see it on the TV and I'm like, there it is. I mean, I was a part of Ring of Honor. So again, for me, AEW was the goal. That's where I wanted to be. So it was like, well, that's a good sign. If I was just part of Ring of Honor, now he owns Ring of Honor. There's There's a step in the door for me. And ultimately, I think that's what it was. But yeah, I was I was just taken aback because I was like, this is this is the right step. Keep drumming, keep pushing. This is it. This is what you wanted. Wow. Yeah. And what a full circle moment, right? And then you end up wrestling Mercedes Martinez at Supercard of Honor. Yeah. I think I found out like the week of that that was going to be happening. So I was like, all right, we got to start everything together. We got to make sure we're like studying up. Uh, because at this point, it had probably been like four years or something since the last time I wrestled her. Um, and there's enough uh, pressure of what the implications of, of this match is in terms of my career. But there's also like, I have so much respect for Mercedes Martinez that I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want her either. Right? Like, even if I mess up and like, whatever, I ruin my career, which... God forbid. But even if that happens, like there's this I don't think at level. this point you're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're all right. <laughs> but there's also like, oh, I just want Mercedes to like I don't want to disappoint her. I want to have a great match with her. So my mind is all over the place. Yes, I'm very excited, but I'm also kind of nervous. Ultimately, I didn't walk away with the championship, but again, it was another kind of like step in the right direction in terms of Tony's impression of me and ultimately me being where I am now. It's absolutely so great. And I just love your attitude about all of this, which is like, duh, of course, she's got this positive attitude about everything. Like, I absolutely, I'm just going to be here like, I'm sitting here like, oh my God, I love Willow so much. She's, the <laughs> she's so awesome. Right. I mean, I already thought that, but now I'm just like, yep, yep. Okay, no, this is where I need Solidified. to put my energy. 
She's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and of course, she's connected with our audience because we have a ton of fan questions coming up here on AEW Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted. Alex and Aubrey here talking to Willow Nightingale, just smiling her asses off because she's just so mm-hmm. positive and amazing. Oh, yes. Had, had an incredible story. And even when, like, not hitting the spots that she wanted to, like, just being positive and knowing that everything was leading to something, like, such a good, like, feel-good story and exactly Absolutely. what you want out of, like, seeing people be successful. Like, yeah, good for her. She did it. And, uh... Right before the break, I'd said, like, you'd connect with the audience because, you know, we, we always get fan questions, but sometimes it's like, oh, here's a here's a couple. But it's like, no, like, people love Willow. Willow's <laughs> freaking great. I love it. Uh, so first question we have, Michelle Diaz-Wolf asks, uh, my question for her is, who is her favorite wrestler and why? My favorite wrestler of all time is Mick Foley. Ooh. Fellow Long Islander. Mm, good point. Yeah, Not the, like conventional body type that comes to mind when you think of a professional wrestler. Um, So that was something that always resonated with me. And there is, again, this balance of like this goofy, fun spirit with this really like gritty toughness, which is what I think the Willow Nightingale character is. That's what I try to convey. And um, he is just like such an inspiration for me in that way. So Mick Foley is my all time favorite wrestler what a good answer great answer and the interesting thing about mick foley is that he played so many different characters and that leads me into a question from liam walklin who wants to know do you think you could ever be a heel in wrestling i've been a heel like for very short stints whether it be like a one-off match or like a short angle on the indies and every time I do it, it just feels so unorganic. <laughs> so I don't, I don't love it. Like sometimes in training, I'll, I'll have a little fun and I'll, I'll, you know, be a little bit of a bully. You know, if the time comes, I will do my best to rise to the occasion and find my own twist on it. I don't know that I would be the traditional heel, but. I'm sure there's there's space for it one day. I think it's one of those initially, you're like, no way could she be a heel. But if you mm-hmm. think about it, like the best heels are always the nicest people in real life. I'm like, oh, yeah. she'd be a badass <laughs> heel. This is right? true. Like we, yeah. we would find that thing on like in like deep inside you. And as, lo- so, as soon as you harness that, like, man, this girl's a bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Question from Starseed. Really, really great question. Uh, when you see other women of color across various promotions doing their thing and becoming so influential, how does that inspire your own growth? Oh, my God. I cannot say enough how much I've been inspired by Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Like, again, through my indie uh, experience, my indie career, I would, like, watch her hit all these, like, landmark matches Right. Mm -hmm. So that was incredibly inspiring. Mercedes Martinez, I know I've mentioned her a number of times, has been a huge inspiration for me. Jazz is someone who's always like F you to expectations. Yeah. Love her. And then when I look around at my peers, other women of color, I'm just constantly inspired. I want to see them thrive. I want to like hold their hands and pull them up with me and be like, yeah, we're going to do this together. So I'm constantly inspired and not even just within wrestling, just in, in, in life in general. Hell, my mother is like my biggest inspiration, you know? 
every, every everything I do, every bit of my feminist self has been inspired by her. So, um, yes, women of color in wrestling, out of wrestling, very, very special place in my heart. Very cool. Well, let's continue on with the deep topics here. So, Anthony <laughs> Mariano wants to know, what advice do you have for those of us who aren't balls of pure energy, who want to bring in the willow-like amount of quality and positivity to our own workplaces? Wow, this is profound. Very profound. I uh, think it, it is. it is a lot of work to always look on the bright side. I'm not someone who is just like happy 24 seven. While yes, I do have a naturally upbeat disposition for the most part. When I'm kind of struggling with that, I try to uh, ground myself in gratitude. So now it's usually it's, it's pretty easy and obvious to like look around and be like, I have my dream job. I have a lovely relationship with my boyfriend. I have a loving and supporting family. I have amazing friends. These are all things that um, I can look at and ground myself in and be like, it's okay. Like even the worst thing that's happening to me, I have this foundation. But even in times when like I didn't have that, I would be able to look around and be like, once upon a time, I, I had a broken neck and I was worried that I could potentially be paralyzed and never walk again. Something as much as being able to move, which allows me to do the thing I love the most wrestling, that is a blessing. That is something that I am fortunate for. The fact that I had a job, you know, even if it wasn't my dream job, it was something that I used to help fund my life. I remember I had like when I first got a car, it's a it was a shitty car, but you know what? It was a car and I had it and I was able to do the things I needed to do. So I would just look for one small thing that you are grateful for and truly feel grateful for it and realize that like you have that, that's going to help make your life easier. And it's just, you're not going to have everything all the time, but what you do have is enough. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Just freaking profound nuggets and great mm -hmm. sound bites that I'm like, I'm going to have to write this down when I'm having a bad day. <laughs> just like pull yeah. it up. I'm like, yeah, no, grateful. Like, be grateful. Like, you're absolutely 100% right. I think Willow needs a hotline. We should just call Willow when we're down. <laughs> oh, right? dude, you would make so much money on that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would be so much like I'd have to just pre-record uh, <laughs> quotes and be like, Play oh, you've reached Willow Nightingale. Here's your positive quote today. Oh <laughs> hey, Let's do you know that, what? please. Whatever works. I think I think that's a new business model. Here we go. Willow Nightingale hotline. <laughs> oh, my God. Bringing it back to wrestling a little bit. We have a question from Ted Hill, the Hillbilly Heel. Out of the tag matches you've had so far in AEW, who do you feel you have the best chemistry with? Ooh, that is a great question. I honestly really loved the match I had with Rio mm. because mm. I really love the dynamic of like big and small, like the giant and the tiny person. <laughs> and I think we both have this very... Um, like cutesy demeanor to us. Um, but then the part where we differ is our wrestling styles. So for me, I think that's a lot of fun, but I don't think there's anyone I've teamed with that I haven't had fun with. You know what I mean? But I think Riho has been maybe, I feel like the best fit so far. Well, that's an interesting comment there because Ellie Hillis, don't know if there's 
related to Ted Hill, but they're kind of close. <laughs> uh, if you could tag with anyone in the AEW locker room, male or female, who would it be and why? Okay. Well, if it's male or female, I think I would choose Dalton Castle. Oh my God. There's like <laughs> a lot fun. of guys I think I would have a lot of fun uh, having like an intergender tag team with. Like I think Eddie Kingston would be a lot of fun. I think Will Hobbs would be fun. Oh my God, I want all of this. Yeah. Maybe one day doing like a heel turn. But I think Dalton Castle is the most entertaining, like most charismatic person. And I feel like we could mesh together really well. So oh that's my God. My- Good answer. 100%. <laughs> One hundred percent. I want to see Willow Nightingale feeding the baby birds. Like it, just, <laughs> it writes itself. That's it writes it. itself. I mm-hmm. love it. Question from I'm Don Becker. There's a lot of Long Island talent in AEW. Do you feel a sense of kinship in the locker room because of that? I will say I've always felt like even when I was coming in as enhancement, where there were times where I was like, "Am I like? Is this out of out of?" Uh, line what should i be doing there was always somebody that i could go to and ask questions to alex reynolds is someone who so great is even though he kind of like baby sister bullies me from time to time (laughs) (laughs) he uh is always there to listen to me or answer any questions i have mark sterling kind of a big jerk but gives great advice and chris statlander i think uh, her ship a long time ago landed in Long Island and now she's <laughs> being a human in uh, is, is also from Long Island. I was like, how do I put this? Um, so stats someone who I uh, also feel kinship to, but really all of the Long Islanders are, are dope people. So yeah, there's, there's kinship. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And I've loved this whole interview with you. You're just so, I mean, we were freaking broken records, but you're so positive and your energy yeah. is great. And just having you as a part of the locker room is such such a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm like, every time I see you, I'm like, yeah, Willow's here. It's going to be a good day. Thank you. It's going to be a good day. Agreed. And it's always great to he- hear your music hit and just feel the reaction and energy and it matches you perfectly. So please keep doing what you're doing. You're just a ray of sunshine. So please keep it up. Thank just you. A- I will freaking ray of sunshine and you can follow willow on twitter and instagram at willow wrestles you can listen to and follow this podcast aew unrestricted new episodes every thursday apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcasts you can check out the video version where you can just see all of us smiling constantly on <laughs> our youtube channel just search for aew unrestricted dynamite tbs rampage tnt wednesday and friday respectively Elevation Mondays on YouTube, Dark on Tuesdays. We are all over the place. You can watch us. You can watch. We're taking over, and you can watch Willow friggin' pounce on motherfuckers, and it's just so great. (laughs) You can call her hotline eventually. You can call her hotline. We Mm -hmm. gotta do it. It's in the works now. (laughs) It's in the works. It's gotta happen. (laughs) It's gotta happen. I am Aubrey Edwards, along with Alex Abrahentes. Thank you for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. Don't try.